Round one is over, but the discussion has just begun as JT the Brick and Lincoln Kennedy break down what the Las Vegas Raiders did in round one. JT with you as we get going with our post-round coverage of round one of the NFL draft along with the six-time Pro Bowler Eric Allen, the three-time Pro Bowler Lincoln Kennedy. We keep it here on Raider Nation Radio where the Raiders selected Alex Leatherwood, the tackle out of Alabama, 17th overall in the first round. And I go back to the facility in Henderson, Lincoln Kennedy, your position, O-line. I saw your tweet when the Raiders made the pick. Update us on what the Raiders did. Love it, love it, love it. By taking Alex Leatherwood, not only did they address the position of right tackle, but they did it with a true road grader. Now, one of the things I know Coach Cable prefers is the fact that Alex was versatile. He played um, on the offensive line, every position on the offensive line except for center. And you'll have some people who will look back on some of the film and talk about the pressures. Look, he struggled at left tackle. He's not a left tackle. He's a, either a guard or a right tackle. But we talked about it on our show together earlier, guys, that I thought, Alex, there were guys out there who were going to be available that were plug and play and had to be an immediate starter. I think Alex Leather, Leatherwood shows up to Henderson, and the moment he walks into the Raiders facility, he knows he's a starting right tackle. EA? <laughs> Well, well, again, I think when you start to talk about need, need is the most important thing for this football team. We got rid of a ton of offensive linemen during the free agency, and value for this football team was offensive linemen, defensive backfield, and the way you evaluate your players. If that player, Alex, was more valuable than that free safety, then you have to go get him. There's no, no question about that. I think what people are going to have to really understand is how do you evaluate this pick after after, you know, week eight or week nine of them playing. That's kind of what's going on. When you draft the offensive lineman, it's just not one singular person. He has to fit into the group, into that offensive line group. We talk about the leadership. It's there for him. We talk about the size and all of the measurable things. They're all there. So now it's about being in this group and finding a way to be able to help this group dominate the line of scrimmage, run the football, keep the time of possession on our side, and keep the ball away from offenses like the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos. Well, Lincoln, this is a big deal because a lot of Raider fans are reacting and a lot of them aren't getting where Leatherwood was supposed to to be on all mock drafts, what the rest of the league thought of him. And as I tweeted out before the show began, we're talking about an Outland Trophy winner, a guy who dominated at Alabama, played for Nick Saban, was a leader on the team. This guy wasn't a bum from some smaller conference that didn't play anybody that no one ever heard of, but a lot of people didn't think the Raiders were going to make that pick, especially after Christian Derrishaw was available after we saw the pick of Elijah Vera Tucker at 14. Lincoln Kennedy walked me through from 13 on when Slater was taken from the Chargers, then Tucker. Mac Jones goes to the Patriots, then the Cardinals take Zayvon Collins, the linebacker, then up with the Raiders with Leatherwood. I got to believe that Zayvon Collins was on this board because he's a big bodied linebacker that could uh, that can cover space and can uh, defeat run blocks. But as EA said earlier in the show that we did together, you know, linebacker is not really a blaring need. And if we watch this Mayock and Gruden over the years, when Gruden first came here, what, who was the first pick he took? He took a left tackle on Colton Miller. They traded back to give the pick up to Josh Rose, uh, Josh Rosen to go to the Arizona Cardinals, and they were able to get Colton Miller. And now this this time, because they had a, a need at 
right tackle. We knew that they were going to address it. We just didn't know when. And so if the linebacker or the defensive player that they didn't love wasn't there, they naturally drafted for a need. And we've seen time and time again Gruden and Mayock go to what premier school? Alabama. Clemson, Ohio State. They've done it with a lot of their top picks. They trust the coaching staff. They trust trust the pedigree and the programs. And as you mentioned, this is no guy who's just coming out of nowhere. Outland Trophy winner is a premier trophy for offensive linemen coming out of college. And more importantly, this is a guy, as I said before, the versatility and the EA hit on to this is really big with the Raiders because last year they had to shuffle just about every guy around due to injury and everything else. So that uh, that ability is is there. It, You know, the thing about about JT and, and a little quick say when you talk about these mock drafts very rarely in my opinion mm-hmm. do these guys who do these mock drafts give a fair assessment to offensive linemen because they don't follow them that detail unless you played the position you really know how to break it down don't tell me that a receiver is going to break down how an offensive lineman is going to do in, in, in a draft no, you you go after guys that are highly talented, all the All-Americans and stuff like that, but that's all a matter of opinion. The Raiders are high. They do their own evaluation just like every other team, and you trust a coach that has got the lineage and the pedigree like Tom Cable where he's been in the league and has coached well in the league and coached offensive lines well that this is some guy he wanted, and, yeah, and he got it. I think that's important what Lincoln's talking about is the evaluation process and how you evaluate offensive linemen as a single entity because when he comes in to the league, it's not a single person. He blends in with the unit. There's no group in the locker room that is tight as the offensive line group. Those guys play as a unit. Their success is based on how they perform together. It's just a one group. If you're drafted as a corner, at the end of the season, I can see how many times you've been beaten, and I can see how many times you've had your hands on the ball and broke up a pass and got interceptions. Receivers, same way. Offensive linemen, how do you – uh, continue to help your offensive line grow and develop, and that's really what it's about. And then when you talk about the big schools, it's about being able to evaluate uh, from an area of uh, relationships of head coaches, your offensive line coach, how do you evaluate yourself? Uh, yeah. how, how does how does a team evaluate that offensive lineman when you don't have scouts in a row because of COVID? I think all of those things factored into why they made this move today. Our recap of round one here, Raider Nation, brought to you by Modelo, a taste that's pure gold. Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. And again, you know, from time to time, we go back and forth with the Raider Nation. And what's great about Lincoln Kennedy, Lincoln Kennedy will walk right up to you in a restaurant or bar and talk to you and sit down for a half an hour, have a cigar with you. Lincoln, you love this pick. I, I mean, you, you, you love this pick. Keep going with this. Yeah. This is you. This is the position you played. You're on top of this pick. You love it. He was one of the guys I evaluated because I watched Tom Cable over the years. And I know his what he looks for. He, he has long arms. He's good in space. He's smart. And he's a leader. And that's something that you've heard Mayock and Gruden sort of harp on for the last couple of years. Oh, this guy was a leader at the program. They're, they're coming from programs, as I said a moment ago, that this, this, this team is trusted and has delivered a number of notable, notable good players and this is we when we talked earlier we said look you got to hit a home run with these first picks I'm not sure what the nation wanted collectively I saw the same thing it's not a sexy what is a sexy pick at 17 what were you hoping for if you want to say that the the, uh, the the most valuable defender well there were a number of good defenders were already taken 
I told you Michael Parsons wasn't going to make it there. He didn't make it there. Heck, Dallas traded back to get their guy because they knew what the teams that, that were that they were dealing with, and they got an additional pick. So I'm not sure what sexy, quote-unquote, air quotation marks that the, the Raider Nation is, is figuring. You had to have a need on offensive line at offensive tackle specifically. You've got Denzel Good listed at the right guard. You've got either Andre James or Nick Martin at your center. Then you've got Richie Incognito for another year. You're hoping that you can develop John Simpson to take eventually take that spot. And you've got your franchise tackle, Colton Miller. If you do not provide any security for your quarterback, he is going to get happy feet and scramble around. You've got a power running game, and you've got a power right tackle. You remember when the, various, the few times that Trent Brown played, you remember how many times he ran over to the right side? A lot. <laughs> so this is something that needed to be addressed and needed to be handled, and they handled it with the 17th pick. It wasn't the number one overall pick or number two or top five where I could sit there and say you might want to make an argument for sexy, but you needed this, and you got it. You got a day one starter, in my opinion. I love the pick. Yeah, and this is great. Lincoln Kennedy, Eric Allen. We are going to go live to Mike Mayock in a moment. Mike Mayock is about to dress the media uh, back in Henderson. We will go to that live here on Raider Nation Radio. And, Eric, it, what reminds me a different position, but it was the same type of feeling I had when it went down when they took Arnett. And everybody said, well, wait a second. Did they take him too early? And they said they didn't have a second-round pick. And I'm wondering now for every Raider fan who's saying, well, why not trade back Trade back five slots, second slot, whatever it is, because he's still going to be available. Most everybody said he was still going to be available at that point, but you played in the league, and you know that you can't trust the phone ringing. There That's might right. not have been a trade partner. There might not have been someone, and I'll, I'll go by default on this one point. Tom Cable was a part of this decision. There's no way that Leatherwood has taken 17 overall if Tom Cable doesn't agree to this, do you agree? I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly. And, again, when we're talking about the evaluation process, the positions that you were evaluating, that position coach is in the room helping you evaluate. How is he going to fit in my room? Where is he going to play? Is he versatile enough? Does he meet all the measurables that I need to help him get to the next level? And I truly believe the last two or three years for this uh, franchise, character does count. And it does count that what kind of person you are in and outside of the locker room because it is very difficult in this day and age in the National Football League to draft guys so high that have issues character-wise. We're in Las Vegas. There's so many uh, opportunities on a positive side for you to get in the community. And just like anywhere else, it's opportunities to get in, 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 in trouble mm -hmm. here. So, again, I think with this football team and what they want to do eventually is be able to line up run the football effectively, be a dominant run team, work the play action off that run. And again, you have to understand who we're facing twice a year. We're facing uh, Patrick Mahomes and Denver and, and the Chargers who have a young quarterback. We have to find a way to inflict our will on these football teams by running the football. And I think that's the A, number one thing that the offense wants to accomplish. Can I just say this? You know, I've always felt that if, if I had the control, if I was a team owner, I would want the type of relationship between my head coach and my general manager to be like something like this. Okay, head coach is Eric Allen and I'm a general manager. Eric comes up to me and says, I need a right tackle, Lincoln. Find me a right tackle. 
I go out and get you a right tackle. doesn't matter when I get it, but I get you a right tackle who's capable of playing. And if we're, if we're at a position where we're on our board and we like this guy, why wait? Mm-hmm. Why do you have to wait? It, you've got draft capital, so you've got opportunities to, in the second and two in the third round. You've got high collateral uh, capital to where you can get other guys. But if there's somebody on your board that you like and you evaluate it that addresses that need, you came to me, I got your right tackle. Yeah. If yeah. I miss, you know, if I go and I go and I sit there and say, well, let me trade back and let me try to finagle all this, and then all the good ones are taken, my coach is looking at me like, where's my right tackle? Right, and not even the good, <laughs> and, and not even the good ones, Link, because yeah. there could be some guys, but maybe not the guy who fits who exactly you want in your right. locker room. Right. And what you trust by, so far. Yeah, and by I think things that you measure yeah. and by character yeah. and by game experience and by playing at the school that you think, you know, hey, my scouts have not been able to be on the road for a year. Right. So how am I going to trust a guy from Y Tech U yeah. Yeah. who have all these measurables, right. but I don't have great film on him? Oh, I don't more, know how he plays. And more importantly, you don't have a history with the organization. You don't right. know what they know what they did. I mean, for you know, for what it's worth, I'm not saying anything's wrong with you know Dershaw or any of the other guys that were out there, but you don't, you know, you've got various reports where you had guys getting concussions, JT, in the mm-hmm. EA, you know, various concussions. You had guys who got a couple DUIs. There's some like that you want that you not probably don't want to bring to your locker room. Right. And we yeah, yeah. exactly. And so and they're also from programs that you haven't drafted a lot of players recently from. Don't know the This staff. falls in line. I mean, it's not like it's a reach right. where they went as you mentioned going and went to Tijuana Tech. They went to Alabama. Yeah. Hey, they've done that before, yeah. right? Yeah. They did it last year and the year before. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Running back's pretty good, right? <laughs> and guys, check this out when we take a look at Leatherwood and what he accomplished. Durability played 48 games and 41 starts. Versatility started 15 games games at right guard as a sophomore, started 26 games at left tackle, and as a senior and a junior. So he had no issue, as you said, Lincoln, and he was a winner. At Alabama, he was 51-4 and during his time in college, one of the most decorated players ever to play for Nick Saban on the offensive line. So, Lincoln, I'll say this again. The only way this pick works for me and a lot of fans, you guys are players, we're fans on the other end, it's got to work. He's got to line up at right tackle and blow up defensive lines of scrimmage. They have to run behind him, and he has to block out the sun. You believe he has that talent, footwork, ability, and especially the road grade. Absolutely, without a doubt. And there is no hesitation in my voice. I've evaluated this young man. I do think the world of him. I think he's he's good. And I think the biggest thing that you mentioned out of that rundown is the versatility. So many people want to put some emphasis on how many sacks they gave up in their career. Two, one, whatever. Okay, I, I understand that. He wasn't he wasn't porous where he was giving up a lot of pressures. Or maybe he was. It was also the offense. I think he was out of position at left tackle. But there was a need in, in Alabama at left tackle. That's why he played it. He was out of position. He struggled with pass rushers, edge rushers. There's no doubt good ones. But he also didn't go up a lot uh, uh, against a lot at Alabama because of the run system and the game that they had, the, the offense they ran. This Gruden is a power-running offense. I was a big tackle that played for Gruden. We ran the ball. And he, sa- he said in, a, in, a, in a, you know, an interview I heard not too long ago, look, we were, uh, we were abysmal at third and short. We were good at third and long, but we were uh, you know, abysmal at third and short. And he wants to run 14 blasts. He wants to run ISO. He wants to run downhill with a two-back system or even a one-back system out of gun. He wants to have that ability. And I go back to the reference point I made earlier. When Trent Brown did play, they ran an awful yeah. lot to his side. They sure, 
Sure did. <laughs> yeah, sure did. <laughs> Successfully. Exactly. So, I mean, it is what it is. You've got a right tackle. Hey, and, and not the glamorous pick, but I, I would I would challenge anyone in the Raider Nation to walk up to me and say that I'm not sexy. Damn it. <laughs> well, this is a big time. Uh, guys, Mike Mayock is going to speak at 925. We just alerted. 925. When we come back, we're going to take a look at what some of the other teams did in and around the silver and black. And now that the Raiders have gone offense, what about the priority on defense heading into tomorrow? We'll talk to Eric Allen about that and ask him about some of the players on his board and what the Raiders could look for as they move into the second round. This is our in-depth team coverage at Raiders.com and at Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Raiders draft special continues with JT the Brick and Lincoln Kennedy. With the 17th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Alex Leatherwood, tackle Alabama. That's the pick, and we're breaking it down on Raider Nation Radio. The Las Vegas Raiders select Alex Leatherwood, Tackle out of Alabama with the 17th pick overall, along with Eric Allen and Lincoln Kennedy. I'm JT. We're here for the top of the hour. Mike Mayock will hit the podium momentarily within five minutes, and we'll go to that live. You know, guys, a couple of quick takeaways, EA, and I'll start with you. I wanted Micah Parsons, and once he got past 11, remember the Giants traded out and the Bears got Justin Fields. So that was a big deal. I think the biggest move in the entire draft with the fact that the Bears had to go again and go get a quarterback, they got him. And then EA, how about the Patriots and Belichick not having to trade up to get Mac Jones? No one made him work for it. I just wanted to see somebody come in and try to get Mac Jones, and Belichick gets the guy he's waiting for. Yeah, that, that was interesting, JT. But I, I go back to the number three pick, and we all talked about that's where the draft started. And all the talk for the last how many months have you been going at it, JT, with fans talking about Mac Jones to San Francisco, and they go with Trey. And Mac is left in the draft room kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. And uh, Justin Fields goes to the Bears. Uh, so just a lot of quarterback stuff, right? And it didn't play out like I don't think anyone thought. But, of course, uh, the Patriots get Mac Jones there hopefully Brady type for them. Uh, and again, don't make them work. Like, And you're right about that. But just really surprising that maybe with that second workout with Trey up at North Dakota, wowed uh, the San Francisco 49ers enough to choose him yeah. at number three. And Jimmy G probably still going to be a part of that 49ers organization for at least another year. Yeah, and Lincoln Kennedy, as I look at what happened after that, then Leatherwood, then the Dolphins took Jalen Phillips, the edge out of Miami, and we saw Quiddy Pay, mm-hmm. who was on the Raiders' radar. At least we thought we did a lot of fans. He dropped to Indianapolis. Caleb Farley mm-hmm. uh, ended up dropping the cornerback. He went yeah. to the Titans at 22. And then Darishaw, he dropped pretty far because I right. thought he was going to be a lock for the Raiders when he was still on the board. He went 23 out of Virginia Tech to the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I mean, and again, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of surprises. 
I thought you know, it was interesting what Dallas did, you know, in trading and trading up with the Eagles and or falling back and allowing the Eagles to go up and get their guy uh, that they wanted because they were fearful that they might might lose out on them. Just moving back a once uh, two spots and getting another pick in the third round, building draft uh, collateral and the Eagles using theirs. Uh, I think eleven picks in this year's draft to to do something. So. This is what I, I was talking with EA off, off, off set for off camera for, um, and during the break, you know, you had a number of guys that went in the top ten picks, the top fifteen picks that didn't even play last year, didn't play a year ago. Now, prior to COVID, that would have been unheard of if because if it wasn't because of injury, and that just showed you as far as what the quarterback frenzy that we've come to see. We've had five quarterbacks go in the first round. All the talk about the quarterbacks and teams needing quarterbacks. It was it was absolutely wise, I think, of Chicago to jump up when they realized the guy had fallen, that they can go up and get a proven commodity, a known winner, who's played in cold-weather games to come up to the Windy City and be the franchise leader of that team. I thought it was incredibly smart because sitting back at 20, they were twiddling their thumbs of what we're going to do. And it's an important, you know, talking about addressing your need. It's important that the snaggy staff was able to do that because they were on the fence. They had make they had they they had not gotten the quarterback position right, and they seemed to be a quarterback away from challenging. Now with the turmoil that's going on in Green Bay around Aaron Rodgers, who knows what the future of that team? And you still still have a level of unsurety with Detroit. And in that division, so this is time for Chicago, maybe with that defense, to take a next step. They've got a proven winner. I think Bear fans should be happy. Eric, we talk a lot about character, and Leatherwood's supposed to have a ton of it. I think that a couple of things went in with that pick with Mike Mayock and John Gruden, and we're going to hear from Mike Mayock momentarily. Nick Saban, the school Alabama, the level of competition, his overwhelming size and strength, the Outland Trophy, the national championship – the guy was on TV every game he played in front of a sold-out house, and he was one of the best players on the field. So this is a decorated player at Alabama that now comes to Las Vegas and has to be a cornerstone player, and it's very unique that Trent Brown is gone, and now this character player is coming in who's never played in the NFL, and Tom Cable gets an opportunity to put his hands on him. Yeah, so important, JT, those characteristics that you're talking about, someone to come in and really flow right into the offensive line room, which is critically important, going to be coached by one of the best in the business at this point and the running game is key it's a feature it's a feature in Alabama with those outstanding backs that he blocked for us the same situation here it's about power football when you turn on the tape of that Kansas City Chiefs game this year early on I just thought we were more physical uh, than the Kansas City Chiefs I thought we bullied them I thought the running game was terrific the play action worked off that and that is really the centerpiece of this football team to be able to run the football have the play pass work off of that then you're able to really utilize Rugs and the rest of the receiving crew with that great tight end uh, that the Raiders have. But it all starts with the running game. So I think this pick was a pick to say we're back trying to do identify mm-hmm. what we do best. And what we do best is run the football and everything else comes off of that, JT. You know, I, I just want to add something real quick, JT, if I can. Yeah. You know, the thing is, is that you were talking about Trent Brown. Now, I thought when Trent Brown played, he was a force. But I felt for the amount of money that they gave him, and I don't know what was going on with him last year other than the COVID and the injuries that we knew about, but the sparing play that we saw, I questioned whether or not he loved football. And I said it on every platform I was. I questioned or not if he loved football. I didn't have a chance to talk to the man. So I didn't know if he loved football. But I had asked a question of several Raider officials, and no one could ever, no one could ever give me a true answer. I will say this. Whatever Nick Saban has done in Alabama is you know, credit for his, him and his staff, and he's been able to work. But every Alabama player that I've known that has come out of loves to play football. 
Josh Jacobs loves to play football. Henry Ruggs loves to play football. It matters. It matters. And when you're an offensive lineman, if I'm going to put myself on the line for my quarterback, I got to love this game. I got to want to be held accountable. And off the film that I saw about Leatherwood, I'm going to rave about it because when he was out there, he did the job that he was asked to do as well as he could. He was a dominant force. That team was dominant. He didn't lose a lot of games. You know, that, that, that means something. Yeah. And the fact is that when you saw him get picked by the Raiders, when, he, when they showed him at his house, he got up and he was dancing. He's jovial. He was happy to be here. Now, I played around some. I've seen some guys that come through this program that weren't happy to be here, and I don't think Trent Brown, in all honesty, wanted to be. Here. It makes a difference. Absolutely, it really yeah, does. It does. It's, it's not. It, it, these these young men are extremely excited, and their families are excited. But it is a grind. It it really is to, to practice every day, to sit in the meeting rooms, uh, to really be a professional. And I have to give uh, Coach Saban a heck of a lot of credit because he has really developed an outstanding program in Alabama that uh, is full of competition and guys who love to play football. Well, I could tell you both working with you gentlemen, it's an honor, but with Lincoln, I go back a long way with Lincoln and Lincoln, I'll say this about you as a game analyst live during the game and especially as a host and as a guest, you have never sugarcoated anything with this team. If you don't like a player, you say it. If you see something in the broadcast, you call it out. And I think a lot of Raider fans are excited to hear what you have to say. You are in on this pick. You have nailed everything about what you like about this pick. And that is really important here because a lot of Raider fans are really throwing darts now about the reach. Where was the pick made? You know this position as good as anyone. I'm really happy to hear what you have to say. I've watched this young man. I watched him play. watched him play the different positions. I didn't think he was going to be available at 17. I thought somebody would have went up and got him. But the way the draft fell – we talked about this that there was going to be there was going to be a, a, they didn't have to move didn't have to do a lot and because they have capital already it's not like they had to move back to get more picks right draft your board and ascertain your need right away all right guys we'll go back to where you are in Henderson here's Mike Mayock Kendall Carpenter I was talking to Butch Jones tonight after you made the pick and he talked about this as a lot like Colton Miller he's explosive he went under the radar great leadership thought He's a pick-and-play guy, but also offers versatility. Can you kind of expand on what Butch was saying, please? Yeah, we did a lot of homework on this pick. Uh, knew it would be controversial. Completely understand that. But I think what we're most excited about is we kind of feel like this uh, offensive line of ours uh, could develop into one one of the younger, more exciting offensive lines in the league. And, you know, we held on to Richie Incognito and Denzel, and that's awesome. They're going to help our young guys. But left side, he played right guard. Uh, he can bend. He's a power guy. He fits our offense. I mean, let's face it, we want to run the football with Josh Jacobs. We're going to throw it a lot, too, obviously, but we like running the football. We want to be a power football team. This guy's going to help us do that. Uh, as far as his versatility, uh, he can play inside and outside, but he's going to start at right tackle for us day one, and uh, we're going to see if he can hold on to that job. Mike, um, were there any discussions about trading down? Obviously, uh, everybody's board is, is different. Um, uh, but were there some chances to maybe tra trade down and pick Alex up uh, later on in the draft in the 20s or so? Yeah, there were a lot of conversations about it. Um, I thought a couple things might happen that did not happen that I was totally open for. 
uh, when we got just when we were getting on the clock, a team did call us and inquired about moving up, but they gave us a very poor trade offer, and it was a team that needed a tackle. So uh, the combination of the poor offer and their need kind of pushed us away from that. But, yeah, there were a lot of conversations about it, and, you know, there's a risk-reward scenario, and in this case, we didn't feel like it was worth it. Mike, obviously the problems you guys had on defense last year, pretty well documented. What, um, the decision not to not to go defense in round one, was that a difficult one for you guys, or was tackle sort of the spot you wanted to hit? In all honesty, he was the highest rated player on our board at that time, offense or defense. So um, we need to get a lot better on defense. We recognize that. We hope to get a lot better this weekend. Uh, we got three picks tomorrow. We're excited about each and every one of them. So, again, I, I'm, I'm hoping that the board comes to us and uh, and that we, play, we can take a, a re three really good football players tomorrow. Hi, Mike. Levi Damien from USA Today. Last time we spoke, you were, you you touched on the fact that you did, you liked when players didn't opt out last season. How much did of a factor was that when uh, when considering you know Leatherwood in this draft? Well, I think the point I was trying to make about opting out really was there were a lot of individual decisions being made, right? And you couldn't really react against the player for opting out, especially when conferences were opting out on players. So we weren't really negative about players opting out whatsoever. Um, I like his pedigree. You know, I like the fact that the kid wanted to compete. Uh, he didn't need to show up at the Senior Bowl, but he did. Uh, he started 41 games. He's played a couple of positions. I mean, we like those kind of guys. And again, we did an awful lot of homework on this young man. You know, I spoke to Nick. Uh, at length about a bunch of his players because they were loaded, of course. Uh, but we really did a lot of homework on him. We feel like he's a great fit for what we do. And the, the opt-out thing, do, are we happy that a guy chooses to play football when he has an opportunity? Sure. But at the end of the day, that was just a small part of it. Mike, way before you made the pick, there were reports that Aaron Rodgers won out of Green Bay and he listed or supposedly reported the Raiders as a team he'd be interested in. One, do you have any comment on that? And were there any discussions at this point with Green Bay about Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Aaron Rodgers is under contract to another team. I can't talk about him. Hey, Mike, it's Tashawn Reed from The Athletic. Uh, I know you mentioned it. Obviously, you all have seven picks remaining as it stands. How do you kind of weigh that when it comes to, you know, whether you're staying put at all those picks, you know, how you kind of navigate it, that whether it comes to trading up or down the draft board, just how do you, you weigh all that together as you're going throughout the draft? Yeah, I think you just have to see how the board plays out. Uh, you know, we're looking at tomorrow at pick uh, 48, the 16th pick of the day. Take a look, go home tonight, take a look at how reset the board, take a look at how it looks for tomorrow. Uh, I'll probably make some calls uh, tonight and tomorrow morning just to check out some of the teams at the top end and what they're looking for. I got a good, really good feel for what it's going to cost to go from 48 to anywhere up in front. And uh, I like the depth that we're looking at tomorrow, to be honest with you. I like the way our board lays out right now. Uh, there were very few surprises tonight for us. Uh, so we're, we're looking forward to tomorrow and, um, you know, you guys have seen the last couple of years, we've moved up and back, uh, several times. So, uh, eyes are wide open and I hope we get a few opportunities to move around. Hey Mike, you said you knew that the pick would be controversial. Uh, why? 
Excuse me, I didn't hear that. Oh, so you said you knew that a pick would be controversial? I mean, why do you think that? Why would it be controversial, you think? Well, I mean, when we made the pick, we had the TVs on. And, and obviously, uh, I, I forget which group it was, but they were saying they could have had him in the second round and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I understand that. The fan base is going to listen to that, and the fan base is going to question it. I'm good, Mike. Vic just got my question. <laughs> okay. Anybody else? Mike, I got a question. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can I just ask you, you talked a lot about the uh, the process with the pandemic and not being able to have the face-to-face meetings and taking them out to dinner and all that. Can you talk about that process with Alex and what impressed you, what didn't? Well, I mean, just the whole process with, with, the, with the guy. Sure. And again, the process, you're limited by what the NFL allowed us to do with players this year due to COVID. So you were limited to a maximum of five times with, with, for instance, Zoom calls. Uh, We worked real hard with him on the Zoom calls that we were allowed. Um, We talked on the phone to him, which is, in addition, allowed. Uh, Tom Cable, our offensive line coach, I, in all honesty, you'd have to ask Tom, but uh, this might have been Tom's favorite player in this entire class. I mean, Coach Cable has been all over him for months now since the first time he saw the tape. Coach Gruden loved this guy. Our scouts loved this guy. And what I like is when the second floor in our building, which is all the coaches, and the third floor, which is all the scouts, when we're united on a conversation like Leatherwood, that makes me feel really good about the pick. Hey, Mike, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, um, there's there's a couple players uh, at a position of need, not to let any cats out of the bag, uh, for you guys, you guys have a, a, another need, maybe at defense in the secondary. Um, and there are some interesting players that are still available at those at that position. Uh, does it do you get anxious to maybe move up to secure a guy or do you feel like, um, you know, this the way this draft is fought, is is unfolding? You're pretty comfortable that somebody will, will be there at 48 as well. Yeah, I think there's really good depth between 33 and 48. Uh, I don't think there's a compelling need to move up, but if there's an opportunity to, that makes sense to me, I'll do it. Uh, but the bottom line right now as the board sits is I think it looks uh, – I, I think there's a, uh, a good-looking group of players on both sides of the football. So I feel very confident that as uh, tomorrow progresses, we'll, we'll try and make the right moves. Mike, when you look at the film on Alex Leatherwood, uh, I think the best description is that he kind of plays like a bully. He's very physical. Do you think that him as that kind of player will be a fan favorite amongst Raider Nation, who's synonymous with having that type of player kind of be the face of the team? I think a couple things, and I think that's it's fair. He is a tough guy. He's very aggressive. He's a powerful right tackle. So I think we're going to run the football better. You know, we like and and I think we're going to get Josh Jacobs to the second level more cleanly than we did last year. Not just because of Alex, but because I think we're getting younger, more athletic. I I think we're going to run the football and have some fun next year. I think people are going to like Leatherwood in the run game. Secondly, I think he he's going to give us an opportunity to anchor a little bit better on the right side in the pass game. Okay, allow Dirk to step up into the pocket, Uh, push some people up the field. He's got a really nice combination of length, bend, 
power and athletic ability. I mean, so I, I think he's going to help enhance both the run and the pass game. Mike, I know last week you said uh, there were some issues getting medicals in on some players. Uh, I know there was reports this morning uh, that other teams might have got reports in just this morning and taken guys off their board. Did you have to deal with that at all? Was there anything that late that affected your thought process? I'll tell you, it's crazy. I mean, I'm literally walking into the draft room at, at about 4 o'clock today, and uh, I, I was sitting with Chris Cortez, our trainer, and just updating several players. And uh, it can, and, and I'm not going to get into any player's medical because I don't think that's even allowed, but at the, it, it's a little bit disconcerting to be walking into the draft room an hour before the draft starts and to still be getting medical updates from your trainer and your doctor. It's just... It shouldn't happen that way. It really shouldn't. Okay. Thank you, Mike. All right, that's where we go. That's the press conference with Mike Mayock. We will get instant reaction from Lincoln Kennedy and Eric Allen when we continue why they made the decision. Mike Mayock gave us a lot, a lot to talk about. This is the Raiders post-first round draft show brought to you by Modelo. Brewed with the highest quality ingredients for a taste that's pure gold. Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. This is our in-depth team coverage of round one of the NFL Draft, Raider Nation Radio, Raiders.com, and LVSportsNetwork.com. Raiders draft special continues with JT the Brick and Lincoln Kennedy. Number 70 is 10 yards oh, downfield, pushing number 18 Clark out of the way. And as you say, a couple missed tackles, but that's a good one. That's a Leatherwood highlight from Alabama. JT back with Eric Allen and Lincoln Kennedy as we wrap it up to the top of the hour. You just heard Mike Mayock with his analysis. And Lincoln Kennedy, a couple of things that I wrote down. They said that when they got to the pick, he was the highest-rated player on their entire board, offense and defense, and he said that this was Tom Cable's favorite player in the class, and Gruden loved him, loved him, didn't like him. So it seems like the entire organization knew it and even admitted he knew it would be controversial. So this is the player they wanted. First of all, I love it when a position coach has input into the drafting and scouting process. And I know, I, I trust Cable, and I, I know Gruden well enough to know their, their sort of pedigree and what they like to do. This is a very similar situation that I saw in 2018 when uh, Gruden's first draft, because I had a feeling coming into that draft, JT and EA, that Roquan, Roquan Smith, the linebacker out of Alabama, I mean, out of Georgia, was who the Raiders were kind of keen on. Well, he went uh, two picks before to the Chicago Bears, right? And they were picking at number 10. So after that was done, they ended up making a trade with the Arizona Cardinals so the Cardinals could jump up and get Josh Rosen. They fell back to 15. And you saw the, the you saw when Gruden made the phone call to Colton Miller, and you saw when Cable got on the phone with Colton Miller, that they were excited about him. And I remember talking to Co Coach Cable after the pick was, and he said he watched the intangibles that Colton Miller had at UCLA, the versatility. He played on both the right and left side, and he tested off the screen for them at the combine. They loved him fell to their board. That was their first pick in the, in, in, in the draft, and that was the first pick the first year. And now he's a main staple. 
in this offense. He's your franchise tackle. He's throwing your board. And so that worked out. I tr- I'm telling the Raider Nation that didn't go back and want to say, a, you know, quote-unquote sexy pick. Trust this process and trust that you have got a guy who can do the job from day one because Mike Mayock repeated a lot of things that I said. Versatility, sure day one starter, he's the right tackle. Absolutely. That's why the evaluation came down. And you did. You had left tackles that could play right. You've got a right tackle that can play everywhere on the line. And why is that essential? Uh, do you guys remember last year? Do yeah. you remember all the offensive line issues, EA, that we had last That's year? That's right. You remember how many people we had to plug and play? Up and down. You know what I mean? The whole line. It's, it's so, we so, talked yeah, about three, three downs is, is all that the scheduled offensive line yeah. played together. And then same situation echoing about his conversations with the offensive line coach at Alabama, with Nick Saban. So those relationships go a long way, particularly we're in a situation where you don't have scouts on the road. That's critically important. Your scouting department goes out five, six, seven times a year during a college football season to put eyes on these guys and then have your position coach uh, giving you details and information about what he likes, what he needs to be a power-running football team. We talked about all this uh, before you know, uh, Mike hopped on, but it just echoes a lot about what this organization is built on and what it's about. You know, one thing that really stands out, JTNEA, is that you know there are times where I feel archaic and I feel like a dinosaur because compared to by today's standards. But I remember going through the draft process. If teams were interested in you, they have found a way to get in front of you. Either they flew you out to the facility, or, they, or a coach came and courted you, and you can't do that today. So you can't sit down next to a guy and get a true feeling of what he, where he is mentally, physically. And just like you said, and just like Mayock said, the evaluation process has changed. You have to rely on people that you know or you feel that you can trust and have shown and proved to you before. And it seems consistent. Guys, this is the reason why the Raiders have done what they've done over the last couple of years with their first picks. Where have they gone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Winning programs and teams that, and the schools and the pedigrees that they've trusted – to get results. Well, another big thing, Gil Brandt, the Hall of Famer, one of the greatest talent evaluators of yes. all time, and obviously was very tight with Mr. Davis. He says best remaining available going into day two. Offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins. He also mentioned EA Trevon Mooring, the safety. Defensive tackle Christian Barmore. So there yeah. are several players that we think are fits for the Raiders. EA, I'll ask you. And Mike Mayock said he, he feels good about his board coming into tomorrow, but he's going to make those phone calls. And, again, with eight total picks, seven left, I don't care about the pick six and seven. Maybe it's the next Tom Brady, a six-round pick. I doubt it. <laughs> Would you be adverse to trading up to go early in and grab one of these guys? They could get out of here still with Tevin Jenkins. They could still get out of here, which I doubt, and go get the safety that they wanted in Morig. There's an opportunity for a splash early for the Raiders in round two. They pick 16th overall in round two. Well, it's really about those teams that are ahead of them and targeting the positions that they are targeting. And just like uh, Mike talked about, he said, hey, we had we answered phone calls, but the team didn't really offer us a lot, and they wanted the guy that we wanted probably. Wanted so exactly. that's not going to work. So, again, it's about really evaluating those teams that are ahead of you and what is their need? Did they address their need uh, in the first round? And if they didn't, what is their need in the second round? How high do you think they have that safety or that defensive lineman that you particularly wanted? And then it's about 
being able to put enough pieces together to go up and get that guy who's going to be an impact player for your team, who you can, like you just did with Alex, pencil him in as a starter for your football team. Is he going to complement the players and the style of play that you want to exhibit uh, on game day? So those things. So there's still, like I said, when he was talking, it just seemed to me he was talking to me about, hey, there's a lot of safeties that we like out there, Eric. Um, no, he wasn't. But you know, that's kind of what I was thinking about. Yeah, you know, not a lot of safeties went today, if any, uh, that was a run on corners. But there's still that group of safeties that are out there. And you know there has to be one or two that he really likes. And now it's just about looking at the teams that are ahead of the Raiders and seeing if that – safety is kind of going to slide in their spot. And if it is, can I get ahead of them and get the guy that I want? Lincoln, it's interesting to me. I'm very optimistic that we'll have a sold-out house at Allegiant Stadium. I'm not very optimistic about off-season workouts and practice. It seems to be less and less every year. That's what the union wants. When it comes to Alex Leatherwood, here's someone that you know has gone through the greatest practice mill in the history of college football, dating back to Bear Bryant and Nick Saban. So the preparation, off-season conditioning, everything combined, he comes in a polished football player at the highest level. I wanted to ask you about his size and his weight. Are there any concerns? Big guys tend to maybe eat a lot, have a big problem at some point. A rookies could have that issue. What do you think is going to be key to keeping this guy in the right shape coming in as he becomes a professional? How short do you think Trim Brown was? 400 pounds. <laughs> I saw that. Okay, I mean, I mean, look, I was a big guy. Yeah, I got bigger when I got to the league. Ate more, ate, ate better food. As a matter of fact, he could afford better food. But at the same point, you know. It, I think that, you know, Mayock hit the things, echoed a lot of the things I know this offense to be. They want to be a power offense. And I had, you know, I, I was able to, to to move and get around the horn and pull a lot and mm-hmm. very athletic. I, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I know what I was capable of. And I saw the same things that when they had Trent Brown in the game and what they tried to do when he, when he was playing. They, they ran behind him. They ran a lot behind him. And he, he was a moving force when he played. And that's why I felt that his team needed him to be successful. And, when, and they just came short of the playoffs, mainly because there were a lot of games he wasn't available. So I think when you talk about the future and you talk about Leatherwood, I think Cable's going to do a good job, as he has done, with big guys. Denzel Good's a big guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, uh, Gabe Jackson was a guy who fluctuated up and down when he when he was here. But they're going to do a good job to keep him right and, and get them out there. I just like his overall attitude, Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, so I like I. his attitude. I, I like when you turn on the film and you watch how he had fun playing the game. You know, on a college level, at a successful college level, the fact that he was running downfield, that's what I, that's what stood out to me. He was one of the guys that I evaluated. And I, and I know when we did the, the draft special, how I, I focused on the Clemson kid, because I didn't think Leather was going to be there. I thought he was going to be taken by him then. He could have very well been the second ta- offensive lineman taken. And mm-hmm. it, you know, no slide on Tucker. He was he was there. He was the one who was taken. Right. And Penny Sewell and stuff like that. So there's still a lot of depth at that position uh, in, in, available in the draft, just like other positions like Mayak mentioned. A gentleman, a minute each. We'll start with you, Eric Allen. Final thoughts. Well, again, I thought neat was the most important thing. And what we learned today was Alex was the top guy on their board, defense, offense, special teams, and they got their guy to really fuel that running game. I think tomorrow is all about finding a way to get that free safety, that post safety, who's going to be able to help this football team take uh, Gus, uh, uh, Gus's defense to the next level. And, again, it's all about need, 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 and they're addressing those things right away. 
Lincoln, right up your alley. Your final thoughts on the first round. Well, I love the first round. I love the way that it fell. It wasn't a whole lot of surprises, and I would sit there and say that there's still a lot of quality players that are available in this draft for the days to come. More importantly, you know, because this team has shown a pattern, uh, it's more, more than likely to make a run on defensive players, in my opinion, tomorrow uh, with, the, with those next couple of picks because these can be va- not only high-value players, impact players, but more importantly, create depth. And that's the thing that we definitely need to see in the secondary because last year we were scrambling in the secondary level when it came to depth, and it's, as well as you can add depth to the linebacker room. But I still think, as the EA said many times, you've got guys in there that you're waiting to take off and waiting for, to make that leap in the second year. So it's possible they might not even go to linebacker anywhere in this draft and be happy. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll see you back tomorrow for round two. Great job tonight. Thank Ready you. Go, JT. That was brought to you by Modelo, brewed with the highest quality ingredients. For a taste that's pure gold, Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. Thanks to Bobby Machado, the entire team, Silver and Black Productions, back in Henderson. What a job today, uh, doing everything at Raiders.com, the video feed and all of it. We greatly appreciate that. And to all the Raider fans who streamed and downloaded and listened on Raider Nation Radio, on the mobile app, and especially at Raiders.com. We'll do it again. And we'll get through the entire draft, and we'll have a lot to talk about. The Raiders select Alex Leatherwood, 17th overall in the first round. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio. Thanks, everybody. Historic night, especially in the building in Henderson. We'll get you ready for round two tomorrow at Raiders.com. Have a good night, everybody. All right? Take care.